Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There is now so much advice around what we should be eating, and all too often, sound advice gets lost amongst ill informed nutrition. This is particularly relevant for pregnant women. The diet you have in the lead up to conception and during your pregnancy should be straightforward, but all too often I see women becoming overwhelmed and confused with so much misinformation online. Reassurance can often come from being with other women in the same trimesters as you. So the app Peanut has created a very safe space to connect with other women who are mothers, pregnant, or trying to conceive. It's a great way to connect with women nearby, to build those friendships, ask questions, and find support. If you're looking to meet other women at a similar stage in life, download the Peanut app for free today on your app store or head to peanut.app.link forward slash food for thought. Hello and welcome to Food for Thought on Motherhood, a special mini-series on all things pregnancy, childbirth and baby. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, author of Renourish, a simple way to eat well and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In this special mini-series, I'm joined by leading health professionals so that together we can all learn fact from fiction and support your journey, whether that's through conception, pregnancy, or just like me as a brand new mum. All over the world, pregnant women are bombarded with opinions about what to eat and what to avoid. All too often, sound advice gets lost amidst pseudoscience and old wives' tales. This Food for Thought on Motherhood sees registered dietitian Nicola Ludlam Rain and I sort fact from fiction and explore the latest evidence-based approach to adopt eating through the journey. Hello, Nicola. Hi, Ree. Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. This is a subject I think we're both going to really get our teeth stuck into, and that is, I mean, how much of an impact diet has on our, on our baby? I think it's something that a lot of parents will want to know. So what, what are your thoughts on that, Nick? Yeah, so I think what you eat during as well as before pregnancy has more of an impact on our future baby than what we first thought. And listeners may or may not have heard of the first 1,000 days. And that's defined as the period between conception and your baby's second birthday. And during this time, the brain grows and develops more quickly than at any other time in life. And it affects our baby's intellect, how they move, as well as how they interact with others. So during this time, it's also when the body's immune system is developing, which is crucial for keeping us healthy. Um, As well as this, though, it's what does diet during pregnancy have an impact on on mum? So it can help to prevent things like gestational diabetes or high blood pressure and also possibly prevent postnatal depression as well. 
Of course. And I think that's an area that we actually forget about is our mental health as well. People are often very consumed with, and quite rightly so, of course, how can I help my baby develop? Like we started off saying there with the um, A Thousand Days, but actually happy mum, happy baby, isn't it as well? Yeah, exactly. So we know diet is key, but would you say there are certain food groups then that our listeners can look out for that would be particularly beneficial in pregnancy? Yeah, so I always say that variety is key, especially during pregnancy. Um, I think when it comes to diet, the foods that have been linked with the most optimal outcomes are things like plenty of fruits and vegetables, legumes, whole grains, more of a Mediterranean style diet. But I think the key is balance. So not excluding anything. So when it comes to your plate, making sure a third is filled with your protein, for example, dairy, legumes, eggs, fish, meat, and beans to help your baby grow. A third with your carbs, ideally whole grain, for example, oats, pasta, rice, potatoes for energy. And then the other third, your fruits and veggies. So plenty of green leafy veg, such as broccoli and spinach, as they're rich in folate, which I'm sure that will come on to. Um, And then in addition to that, making sure that you're getting your healthy fats like your olive oil, avocados, nuts, seeds, as well as omega-3 fatty acids from oily fish, which I'm sure we'll be talking about as well. Of course, it it does really hit home. Like when we do go back to the A Thousand Day study, now, of course, it, it's difficult in pregnancy and, and it's not a time where I get a lot of questions, Nick, I don't know about you, of people saying, oh, I was really on a weight loss mission and then I got pregnant. Should I continue? It's not a time for restriction then, is it at all? No, definitely not. Pregnancy definitely isn't a time for restriction because the research shows that if you over restrict, your baby can actually be overweight when they're older. And this is because they've been grown in quite an energy deprived environment. So I work in clinic with ladies with a body mass index of of, of over 30, 40, 50. And what we try and do is we try and minimize excess weight gain. So instead of gaining perhaps two to three stone, which is quite normal, they might be gaining around one and a half to two stone. So it's about balance and it's not about restriction, but it might be about cutting back on sugary drinks or the number of takeaways, for example, that you're having in a week. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I think it's just being realistic and that there's enough pressure on us already. I think being a being pregnant and having been through it myself and knowing that, for instance, when I conceived, I honestly thought very, very naively that, oh, I'm a nutritionist. I know what I'm doing. It's easy to do. It's not easy, especially when you're dealing with sickness. And I had that through the entire pregnancy. Um, what would be your tips there for people that are wanting to maintain a balanced diet, but of course they're suffering with nausea as well and all these pregnancy symptoms from pretty much, I think mine started week five to six. Yeah, so I think depending on the person depends on how bad the symptoms will be and how long they'll be around for. It's mainly caused by hormones. I think, so I've known friends, unfortunately, who've suffered with sickness throughout um myself for example I felt sick if my stomach was empty so a lot of ladies who I meet they have to eat little and often um a lot carbohydrate preferably whole grains whenever they eat just to help um put something into their stomachs and that can help to manage manage nausea 
Other ladies, they have perhaps a cracker or an oat cake before they get out of bed. That can help with nausea. But I think the thing is, when you do feel like eating, it's about maximizing your nutrient intake then, but also not applying too much pressure. I I always say the 80-20 rule in general life, but 80-20 rule during pregnancy that if you are eating healthy, wholesome foods the majority of the time, you can indulge in, you know, things like a little bit of chocolate or a little bit of pizza, whatever your fancies are. So it's about not being hard on yourself as well. Oh, 100%. Because the amount of times that I remember being in scenarios where I was just having, I don't know, it wasn't a lot of fiber either. I was just having a white bagel for dinner because it's all I fancied was some butter. And I just remember thinking, what is going on with my body? But it was the 80-20 rule. I would really try when I had a bit of an appetite to make sensible choices. And you're right, it's about being accountable and responsible but also being kind. And I think for an individual to be kind to themselves is so tricky anyway, let alone when you're when you're pregnant. So if anyone's pregnant listening to this, we really hope that you can just go a bit easy, but do what Nick said. I think 80-20 is, is probably the best, the best way to go there. I find it fascinating, Nick, when, when you said, you know, obviously what we eat affects our baby's development. There's so much potential in the field of nutrition, but there's also a lot of people that tell you what you can't eat. Um, Would you like to talk through the foods that are pretty much not recommended during pregnancy? Yeah, so I think um, the first thing to say is that there are quite a few food rules when you are pregnant. And if you find any of this information overwhelming, the NHS Start for Life website has it all on, and that's fantastic. But as a summary, so we say to avoid unpasteurized dairy or mold ripened cheese so the one with a white coating on such as brie or camembert as well as soft blue cheese such as danish blue unless they are cooked until steaming hot for example on a pizza so your hard cheeses and those made from pasteurized dairy are absolutely a-okay we want to avoid eating game because they could be shot with lead which is a metal And I suppose it's quite obvious, but avoiding raw meat um, and also cured meats that aren't cooked because they can contain parasites, which can cause a condition called toxoplasmosis. It's very rare, but it's similar to like flu-like symptoms. Other than that, we say avoid things like pate because they contain a lot of vitamin A, which can be harmful to the unborn baby. And for the same reason, we say avoid supplements with vitamin A in as well. And then when it comes to fish, so three fish that aren't very commonly eaten in the UK, but we say avoid shark, swordfish and marlin. And that's because of the level of potential level of mercury and other pollutants. Um, Other fish, though, we say is fine to have. But when it comes to oily fish, have no more than two portions a week. Things like your salmon, mackerel, sardines and limit tuna steaks to two steaks a week or four cans a week. Um, And other than that, drinks really, I suppose, alcohol, it's best to avoid. So I always say if you're trying to conceive almost eat and drink like you are pregnant but go easy on alcohol once you're pregnant avoid and caffeine so limit it to 200 milligrams a day which is the equivalent of around two cups two cups of tea or coffee avoiding energy drinks at all cost as well yeah I hope everyone's got a pen and paper there and that you've made lots of notes because there's a lot there was a long list there but a very important one and Nick mentioned a really interesting point she said if you're trying to conceive and one thing I think I should reiterate is that the healthy or the balanced healthy lifestyle should technically begin 
even before conception if you can, because that's going to get you in really good stead with having a good healthy pattern of eating. And that's what builds the foundations and helps you conceive in the first place, really. But with, with, with fish as well, if you don't eat fish, of course, Nick, because we're going to have to talk about supplements, I think, because mm. people... If you do eat fish, please do get those two portions. It's such a good way of getting that omega-3 in, in your diet. But for people that don't, perhaps they're on plant-based diets that eliminate fish, what would be your recommendation or in general during pregnancy? Yeah, so omega-3 is really important for the baby for things like brain development and also for, for mum as well, so a healthy heart. I would say include things like flax seeds, also known as linseeds, which you can sprinkle on things like yogurt or cereal as well as walnuts. However, you may want to consider speaking to your health visitor or doctor about taking an omega-3 supplement. So if it's a vegan diet that you're following, it'll be algae-based. And then if not, it'll be a general omega-3 supplement. So that's something that I actually started taking personally. Um, and it's really interesting what you said about preconce preconception. I don't think I realized that actually it's three to six months before you conceive mm that your diet really has start, starts to have an impact. Yeah, especially building folate stores, which was something that we do, we do need to be aware of. And I didn't realize either till I did my qualification in pre and postnatal, because I think I started three months before taking um, my um, conception multivits. But it, it is definitely the basis of your whole life that impacts the health of your child there's so much that's targeted at women are there any that we should be particularly careful to avoid do you think that's out there at the moment on the market so from a supplement form um, I always get asked about protein powders and in general I say well check the ingredients list check with the manufacturer but avoid at all costs if it's got added vitamin a or or any stimulants like taurine or caffeine and when it comes to supplements, you really want to be switching to a pregnancy suitable multivitamin. So that won't have the retinol A form in it. And it will have the 400 micrograms, 400 mcg of folic acid that you need. Some ladies do need five milligrams of folic acid. So that's if they've got diabetes, if their body mass index is over 30, or if they take anti-epileptic medication. Um, and that multivitamin will also have the 10 MCG of vitamin D in as well. So definitely start taking that. And actually, it's really interesting. I read some research recently that said 40 to 50% of pregnancies are unplanned. So actually, perhaps all women of childbearing age should consider taking a supplement containing folic acid in it. Yes, yes, exactly. It's just, it's not worth taking any chances. If you can do something as little as taking one of those every day, a supplement that's going to help, why not? And obviously checking with your health professional, but it's just not worth taking any risks and it will give you peace of mind as well. Now, in terms of quantity, now, calories comes up all the time, Nick, in our line of work, doesn't it? Every day, um, be it uh, for weight, be it for sports, nutrition, uh, fertility, it seems to be a constant, frequent question. There are so many misconceptions about this. Eating for two isn't really a thing anymore, is it? No. And I think so. I, I do a pregnancy clinic for the NHS and I don't think I've met a single person who believes that you need to eat for two. However, I think grandparents or parents mm. might advise that. So I think it's quite surprising that you only actually need an extra around 200 calories in the final trimester, which is around a small bowl of porridge or a piece of toast with some nut butter on. 
And the reason for that is that your body is designed to slow down, especially during trimesters one and two. So you're very tired. So you're not meant to be as active. But actually, if you are of a slim build or if you are particularly active during pregnancy, you might need more calories, um, especially in the second and third trimester. So my advice to ladies is always do not calorie count. Listen to your body, honor your hunger, eat when you are hungry and your body will take care of itself. And I think what's really interesting is that the American Pregnancy Association actually advises an extra 300 calories during the second Mm. and third. So yeah, I thought that was really interesting. So in the UK, it's slightly different, but it's completely individual, I think, depending on your lifestyle and just to honor your hunger levels. Yeah, I mean, numbers are a measure and we have to have a a ballpark figure to aspire to, I suppose. But as Nick said, individuality does count for a lot when it comes to your nutrition and your health. And yeah, the fact that our bodies are that incredible, that they they can function with only that tiny little bowl of porridge extra a day to grow a human just blows my mind. Um, We are pretty incredible creatures. Um, If you do have dietary requirements, so let's say you've had to adopt a certain type of diet, do you get this in your clinic, Nick, with um, people having to take extra care in planning their meals? Are there any conditions that perhaps people need to be aware of? Yeah, so I often speak to people who are following a vegetarian or plant-based diet, vegan diet, and I almost say, look, if you are experiencing cravings for things like meat and fish, you it's fine to honour them during a certain period, so that's completely down to the individual, but other than that, you have to really play place extra care and attention so you definitely want to be taking a pregnancy suitable multivitamin um i advise one that contains something called coenzyme q10 so that's found in things like lentils broccoli fruit but good pregnancy multivitamins contain them as well i think if you're choosing to follow um, a diet that doesn't contain dairy then you definitely want to make sure that your plant-based alternative contains iodine as well as calcium and b12 and iodine is only in a handful of the milk alternatives out there, but that's crucial for your baby's development. Um, And other than that, I think it's just about making sure that over the course of the week, in general, you've got lots of different colors, you've got lots of different plant foods, you've got some well-cooked meat and fish in there. Um, And then if you are avoiding it, go for things like your tofu or corn or your your beans, lentils, pulses to make sure that you're giving your body all the essential amino acids that it needs. Really good advice. Thank you. It's interesting how it does change there. I think you mentioned in the question before, about how in America it's different to the UK and it will probably be different to someone else. Um, But really do speak to your health professional if you are confused because you you said you do an NHS clinic. There are resources there to help. You just need to ask it. How would anybody go about getting access to a clinic like yours, Nick? So I think definitely speak to your midwife. Midwives are full of information. Um, I run a clinic alongside a consultant. So if you are under a consultant, then nine times out of 10, you'll be able to be referred on to see a dietitian. Um, Usually, well, it might be telephone at the moment, or you could always speak to a registered dietitian or even a registered nutritionist uh, privately as well. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Because it is a bit of a minefield. I mean, you mentioned, of course, if you're not getting dairy or if you're not getting the iodine you need in the diet, it's very hard for people to decipher on packets what's been added, what hasn't been added. Nutrition in general, I think, in the UK, I'm not sure what you think about this, Nick, is it's quite hard for consumers to know what they're getting in their food still with the different labeling systems and dietary intakes. What do you think on that? Yeah, I think up until now, I always used to say, oh, just choose a fortified plant-based uh, plant-based milk. And people didn't know what the word fortified meant. So now I say, look on the ingredients and it must say calcium, iodine, vitamin B12, and sometimes vitamin D. And all fortified means is that those nutrients are added. And we said before about choosing preferably whole grains. Um, I was a bit like you, Ree, in that for about two to three weeks of my pregnancy, I consumed so much white bread. I had white wraps. I had garlic bread, Mm. pizza. But actually, white flour in the UK is fortified with noodles. So actually, a balanced diet contains both, you know, your white carbs and your whole grain carbs. Yes, exactly. I couldn't agree more. That's something that really did reassure me. And I kept telling myself, I know that this contains fortified nutrition. I'm totally okay. One thing that did help me, though, in getting more, I'd say, fiber in the diet was with my digestion, because that's heavily impacted in pregnancy, isn't it? Yeah. So with a growing baby, um, that can have put pressure on things like your gut and your stomach and then changes in hormones so I always say to ladies remember FFM so Mm. your fiber fluid and movement so when it comes to fiber your soluble fiber can really help you go so that's things like oats so having a bowl of porridge um, in the morning or perhaps before you go to bed things like the um, flax seeds and linseeds that I mentioned before are really good for helping you to go as well as well as your fruits veggies and whole grains Fluid, I think the best way to check that you're hydrated is to look at the color of your wee. If it's a pale straw for the majority of the day, then you're well hydrated. If it's any darker, then you might just need to drink a little bit more. So carrying around a water bottle with you at home. Um, You can have herbal teas in general. They say not more than four a day. And when it comes to green tea, just remember that it does contain caffeine. So around 50 milligrams. And then movement. So going out for, you know, a 15, 20 minute walk. The government recommend half an hour, five times a week. But getting out and about, in addition to eating a healthy diet, has been shown to reduce the chances of a C-section as well. Obviously, not in all cases, but that's really, really interesting research and even more of a reason why we should be telling pregnant ladies um, to get out and about for them and their bump. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, completely. I think um, as well, with um, there's several points I want to kind of discuss that we, we've just touched on. First of all, with the digestion, if we start there and then remind me movements, my baby brain is strong at the moment, Nick. Um, if we start with digestion, the hydration is going to help so much. Also, when you just had the baby, because I remember being one of the few people on the ward. I'm not saying it wasn't painful, but I was able to have a bowel movement like the day or two after having a baby. And mm-hmm. if you eat well in that last trimester and you get the to the FFM in, it's going to help you so much post baby. I I can't emphasize enough the importance of getting the fiber in your diet, of moving around, because the movement I felt didn't change the type of birth I had in particular. And I know I know Nick and I both didn't have um, stereotypically, well, we didn't have what you'd call a perfect birth. We both had complications, but it helps you recover, I think, as well. And when you've just had a baby or your most vulnerable it's tough. Getting food in is hard enough anyway. So hopefully if you can meal prep a bit, that's probably a good idea. But if you can keep your digestion going, it's just one less thing to worry about being able to pass the bowel movement. You just need water, don't you, Nick? <laughs> Lots yeah. of it. I think, so going to the to- toilet after birth, that was something that I was really nervous about. And I think my top tip is to pack some high fiber snack bars. So uh, that was one thing that I did. And when I went to the bathroom, I was just so proud of myself. So keep up with your hydration, take some high fiber snack bars that are easy to eat. Um, and exactly like we said, I think getting out and about, especially after birth is so important for your mental health. And it's also really important to help the baby with their circadian rhythm. So deciphering between morning time and night time, which can then help with your sleep. Um, so definitely, it's definitely about being kind to yourself. If you can meal prep beforehand, brilliant. But also have in mind that things like friends and family might be quite useful to drop food off. Or if you can invest for a few weeks time in those recipe boxes or meal delivery services, because it's unbelievable how much time mm. a little baby takes up after you give birth. It, oh, it there's just it. no time. I think from having a COVID experience, obviously, I didn't get what I would just what we would advise you to do that with friends and families I had none of that and thank goodness I had my freezer food because if I didn't have my freezer Nick it just I, it would have been impossible because the baby's on you every half hour to an hour in the first few days and weeks and you can't get up and cook anything the microwave was my best friend and the freezer so definitely so cravings let's talk about cravings these weird and wonderful things um I definitely don't think I had cravings, Nick. My, mine was kind of more anything that I could get in me because I felt so sick all the time, but they were strange. And I mean, I would just want to eat marshmallows. So I guess that could be a considered a craving. Yeah, I think it's completely individual. And in general, I think it's how what are you craving? How long do the cravings last? One of my friends, she really craved ice. And as long as you're eating food in addition to the ice, I think that's <laughs> fine. Um, the time when you want to really seek help is if you're craving things like charcoal or dirt. And that's a condition called pica. So, and it can be caused by a lack of iron. So if you're getting weird pregnancy cravings, definitely speak to your midwife. Um, but other than that, I think if it's really early days and you're still getting your five a day, for example, but you're having slightly more of the foods that you wouldn't normally eat, you know, things like pizza, garlic bread, 
don't be hard on yourself but I think there does get to a point where for example with me I think I was three weeks into this new diet and I thought wait a minute I'm growing a baby I need a bit of a reality check I need to get a handle on these cravings and I still had my carbs but instead of having a Nutella wrap I would have a wrap with falafel and hummus so I still had my carbs but I would change them so that I was having for example potatoes instead of things like biscuits or a a chicken rice with lots of curry and perhaps naan bread instead of a pizza with garlic bread. So it's about making what you're eating as nutritious as possible when you can eat. Um, and perhaps eating little and often might help to keep nausea at bay. Oh, completely. And what cropped in my head then was if you do fancy a Nutella wrap, you could just get, um, they've got amazing now chocolate hazelnut nut butters. And you could just have maybe not, not tons of nut butter, we're talking portion control, but have some nut butter and make your own kind of healthy pancake. You can make them with oats and bananas and things. And that would be a really good kind of fiber rich meal, wouldn't it, Nick? Exactly. Yeah. And even better, you could add some banana on top. So mm. five a day. So yeah, I think it's all about thinking about what you're craving and then trying to swap it into something slightly more nutritious the majority of the time. Oh, completely. So let's move on to mood because, gosh, hormone, hormone central when you are pregnant and post-baby, it's, it's tough. Um, would you recommend a change in nutrition to maybe have an impact on, on mood? I think, well, there's some really interesting research about around probiotics. Um, I'm definitely not a gut health specialist, but that's definitely something if you wanted to speak to your midwife about, you could. But I think other than that, when it comes to diet, um, I'm sure on your podcast, you've spoken about serotonin. So serotonin is like a feel good, happy hormone. And that's made from an essential amino acid called tryptophan. So that's found in protein foods like eggs, cheese, salmon, tofu, nuts, seeds, and turkey. And when we eat these foods, it's best best to eat them with a source of carbohydrate because then our brain can absorb more of the tryptophan. So that just goes back to having a balanced diet. You don't need any special diet to boost mood. You just need a balanced diet. Um, and I mentioned eggs there, actually. That was something that I didn't mention before. In the UK recently, so a few years ago, I advised all my ladies to have well-cooked eggs all the way through. But now, if you if they have a lion stamp on, then they're deemed safe to eat partially cooked, for example, like poached or, or a dippy egg. And that's because the risk of salmonella is quite low. But if you're getting it from the local farm shop or from your back garden, if you've got chickens, it needs to be well cooked. Or if it's a non-hen egg, then it should be well cooked as well. Yeah, I was really happy about the egg thing, because I remember just looking for the the stamp on the egg. It's the, it's the line, isn't it? The red line, or I think, yeah. on the egg. Yeah. I know, I was just so happy, Nick, because going out for brunch was one of my favourite things, and I did still enjoy a poached egg. So, it, things change all the time and it is very important and if anyone wants to just have a little read the NHS always do incredible fact sheets as do the British Dietetic Association you can just have a look up on the fact sheets on the internet just literally google pregnancy nutrition fact sheet BDA and it will come up you know there's, there's tons that we can all look at and um, we have lots of questions from our listeners as well Jess this is something that was so relevant to me um she has said I love my sushi but everyone is saying I can't have it when I'm pregnant is it okay yeah so 
It is okay if it's been frozen beforehand. So often the ones in things like Boots or the supermarket that are ready to grab and go are. But if it's from a restaurant, then you just need to make sure that it's been frozen first um, and that helps to kill the parasites. Or if you're doing it at home, um, the NHS has got some really good advice, but you've got to freeze it for several days first or have it cooked which I know isn't the purpose of sushi but it can still look like sushi even if you have it with cooked fish yes no that's very true and just to reassure you Jess I ate sushi throughout my entire pregnancy and I did get looks I'm not gonna I think people don't realize you know everyone's like oh my gosh she's eating sushi it was almost like one of the cravings I'd say actually I was completely addicted to sushi and but you can also get plant-based sushi you know I had a lot of avocado um cucumber maki all that kind of thing as well anyway I digress um Laura has said oh gosh I can relate to this too will I ever get my love for food back Yes. And I think, so like you said that you had food aversions, I think if you are feeling sick and then you, 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 you're eating less than normal, it's natural for the body's appetite to lower. However, the best thing you can do is just to eat small amounts, little and often, and eventually your appetite will come back. And the other thing to say is that your appetite might come back with a vengeance. So if, for example, you're not eating much, and for example, your weight might have not gone up, expect it to go up later on in pregnancy but more than usual and that's just basically your body catching up so our bodies are wonderful things so honor the hunger but also make sure that you are giving it what it needs especially in the early days to make sure that you're getting all the nutrients and things like that completely I mean anecdotally so obviously everybody is different but I got my appetite back it's really weird Nick mine was six weeks in I lost my appetite completely through the entire pregnancy and six weeks post-birth I suddenly enjoyed food again it was really really strange I remember because I had my birthday in lockdown as well and I still just had no desire I couldn't look at a menu we're going to get a takeaway and treat ourselves that night I just didn't I couldn't care less to be honest so I said my husband I was like you can choose get whatever you fancy and I'll just go with the flow it was so interesting um how it can really affect it. So Natalie has also said, um, I can't stop my sugar addiction. Uh, Interesting choice of words. It's not really going to make my baby hyperactive, is it? Question mark. Yeah, so so that's a really interesting statement. So research shows that, so food isn't addictive, not in the sense of things like nicotine, which is addictive. So I think it's about reframing it. And for example, asking yourself, why are you having these sugar cravings? Um, I always say if you did want to become a bit of a, a diet detective, be your own dietitian, do a food diary just for the week and write down what are you eating and why are you, why are you eating it? And if, for example, you're eating a packet of biscuits mid-afternoon because you've skipped lunch, then the solution is having those three regular meals a day. Or it might be trying to plan in a snack. So I've got a mantra that I love, and that's protein and produce when it comes to snack time. So for example, hummus and carrots, or dried fruit and some nuts, or yogurt and berries, just to help to keep you feeling full and satisfied. And you can still have sugary foods, but it's just that they shouldn't make up the predominant part of the diet. So making sure that you're sleeping, that you're eating well, stress management, things like it might be meditation or going for a bath, reading a book, and then a little bit of what you fancy is a-okay. And no, it won't make your baby active, hyperactive. However, if you aren't having enough of the healthy foods, then yes, it can impact on how your baby develops in the womb and then once they're born. 
Yeah, no, definitely try and at least get that one really good balanced meal in if you're struggling a day. It's just such good advice. And I liked what Nick said earlier on as well about getting creative and just thinking of something else. I know something that I used to like doing a lot was making almonds taste sweet. So I would do chocolate coated almonds or I would do coconut almonds or honey almonds basically everything with almonds people say almond are you an almond or an almond nick i say yeah almond yeah almond see see this is just (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's like the scone scone isn't it are you a scone or scone scone i think scone yeah see whereas i'm scone but i just don't i think the queen says scones i think i'm i'm not i don't know (laughs) anyway um we move on to our fact or fiction round are you ready yes here we go okay you should be eating for two no um fiction (laughs) (laughs) um it's not healthy to be vegan when pregnant it's not healthy I don't like these double negatives. You can be vegan, however, it requires extra planning and supplementation, which you should discuss with your midwife. Perfect, which leads me on to all pregnant women need to take supplements. Yes. Um, fact, definitely 400 mcg of folic acid and your vitamin D. And ideally, these need to be started prior to conception. Perfect. Avoiding dairy will result in a baby's intolerance. Fiction. However, you need to make sure that your plant-based alternatives are fortified and don't avoid it unless you really have to. Eating the placenta provides health benefits. I say fiction because there's not enough research at the moment. It's anecdotal. So lots of lovely stories that you can read on the internet, but it's not something that I would advise because uh, there's no um, guidelines. So you don't know how safe it is. Spicy foods speed up labour. Again, that's fiction. An overweight mother will result in an overweight baby. Fiction, not always. Skipping meals helps alleviate sickness. Fiction, it could actually have the opposite effect. Some foods can cause a miscarriage. I'd say that's a really... That would be quite a trigger. Oh, that's quite a triggering question. Mm. I'd say fiction, but to abide by the NHS guidelines because they're there for a reason. So, for example, too much alcohol, too much caffeine could potentially have negative consequences. I don't know, yeah. Eat less for a girl, more for a boy. Definitely fiction. <laughs> Yeah, well done that was a very good fact or fiction round Nick thank you you. um before we do wrap up the episode we always finish with a food for thought and actually before we go into that I just want to touch on what the triggering question we had about miscarriage because it's more common than people think and I remember going to the doctor early on and he was like oh well one in four miscarry um to reassure people, Nick, is there anything that people can do to, I don't know, keep a tab on the pregnancy? Is there any information online, because we've mentioned this, you know, that people can go to if they're worried about having a miscarriage? I think, I mean, throughout pregnancy, it can be really like anxiety anxiety provoking time um it is right that one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage however this is counting those really early weeks as well um 
That also means that 75% of pregnancies go ahead A-OK and some women never suffer a miscarriage. I think it's something to discuss with your midwife, but if you're following the guidelines, then you're doing everything that you can. And actually, miscarriages, nine times out of 10, it's nothing to do with what the mother has done. Um, it's just an unfortunate thing that nature has has thrown in. Um, I, I actually suffered a miscarriage a few weeks ago. And the first thing that my friend said to me was, my doctor friend said, Nicola, it's nothing to do mm. with you. So yeah, it's definitely something that's close to my heart now. Um, so it's just to say that you are not alone. Um, however, the majority of pregnancies go through a-okay without any any problems. Nick, thank you for sharing that. And you're right. A lot of the time, it's what's called is it called a chemical chemical miscarriage? Is what I've heard. It's just it's it's nothing to do with you at all. It's just sometimes things aren't meant to be. And for Nick to be so open and honest and share that, I just yeah, thank you because I'm sure that's reassured a lot of people to hear they're not alone. And these things do happen, but there's always more often than not positive stories out there as well. And pregnancy is tough. So to finish um, food for thought today, no one's pretending that it's easy. You hear stories, I think, of women that say it's the best thing that ever happens. And I'm sure for some women it is, but for others it isn't. And you have to be kind to yourself every single person is a mum the minute they fall pregnant and you it's it's so hard nobody's perfect make sensible choices whenever you can whenever you get that headspace go easy on yourself but I would definitely advise you to go back and listen to this podcast take some notes um, especially the bit where we mentioned supplements because I think that can help especially if you're not able to get the nutrition in in a way you'd like at least you can get something to make sure you're not going to be deficient at least um in any of the key nutrients that we've discussed such as folic acid um in today's podcast but ultimately i wish everybody listening good luck and nick if you could give our listeners a food for thought today what would that be Yes, I think, well, hopefully the listeners feel more empowered after listening to this episode. But if you want to see it all written down, definitely Google that Start for Life Pregnancy or BDA Food Facts Pregnancy for all of the NHS's latest advice of what you can and can't eat. And I think the main thing is just to listen to and respect your body. Rest when you can, eat when you're hungry, focus on eating as many nutrient-dense foods as possible when you can, while still enjoying small amounts of other safe foods that you love. And most of all, just try to enjoy it as much as you can. Embrace your ever-changing body because it's doing a magical thing. And honestly, I just think for me, so I've, I've been pregnant once now and it is the, just the most amazing and incredible thing. Exactly like you said before, Ree, like having a little baby and a toddler at the end of it, it's incredible. Um, and yeah, just good luck. Oh, Nick, thank you. That was honestly such a wonderful, wonderful episode. Um, where can everybody find out more about you and the amazing information that you're able to offer? So I'm on Instagram and all of the other social media platforms. I'm at Nick's Nutrition, so that's N-I-C-S Nutrition, or at Mummy Nutrition. And that's where I post all of the content about being a mum and pregnancy as well. I absolutely adore those pages. Nick, thank you so much for coming on Food for Thought on Motherhood. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll absolutely love the others in this mini-series, so click subscribe and have them all downloaded in one go. If you have time to, please do leave a review so that we can reach higher highs in the charts and the ultimate aim is to hopefully help more and more people. 
For more information about me or my clinic nutrition, books, healthy recipes, and so much more, please visit nutrition.com and follow me at nutrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 